Well, we thank God this morning. I'm going to pray. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to share your word today, to break open your word, to let your word feed us, nourish us, and be the propellant of the life that you've given us here to live. We thank you, Lord, for this house. We thank you for Apostle Frank and Pastor Laura Lee. We thank you that as they are in Texas, Leanne heard the word double. They're doing double services today. But we thank you, Lord, that because there's a remnant in this house, a people that come to the invitation to receive from you, Lord, that the work of the kingdom can be doubled. The message that Pastor Frank delivered here, Lord, you can now deliver to other places because people step in and step up to do the work that's necessary. So we thank you for the expansion of your word going throughout the body, Lord. We thank you for it. Bless me. Take my flesh out of the way, Lord. Let me be a vessel that can be poured out for you. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you got the e-blast, you saw from Pastor Frank the Touch Heaven Church is budding like an abundant fruit tree in season. The fivefold ministry is alive and well in Camfield. We are crossing the threshold together into our mission to prepare the way for the Lord. Come and taste of the wonderful move of God and see for yourself. In worship, I was, if, is it okay if I get a little bit military on you guys today? A little bit of my experience and I pull it through. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you, Jeff. At ease. Uh, one of the first thing I was hearing was, you know, our main mission, we have these general orders that we're given as we're sentries on watch or on guard. And the first one as Marines, we learn is to take charge of this post and all government property in view. Now, if we understand who we are as believers, we understand that we're to take charge, we're to take dominion, authority over the things that are in view of us, over the things that God has given us. Now, this isn't a part of my notes. I apologize. Ask the Lord to throw everything away and just use me the way he wants to. The second general order was to walk my post in a military manner, keeping always on the alert and observing everything that takes place within sight or hearing. Now, I'm doing this from memory. This is 20 some 24, 25 years ago now. And it's not something that I planned last night. There's, there's a way that we have to live our life. We, there's a way that we have to express ourselves. There's a way that we have to carry out the business of the ministry and the work of the gospel in the world in which we live. We can't live our old life. We can't go back to those old things that we used to hold on to and, and buy into and pay attention to and allow to be distractions in our life. The, another one was the fourth one. Now, this is the one that I was hearing during worship, Sonny. And this is what got this all started, to report all, co all calls from posts more distance to the guardhouse than my own. Now, to report, to repeat, I'm sorry, it was repeat. I heard echo, 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 and repeat. To repeat all calls from posts more distance to the guardhouse than my own. That means if I'm close, if I'm in proximity to God, closer than other people, I have an obligation or responsibility. You have an obligation or responsibility to repeat the word that he shared with you, the hearing that he's given you through the Holy Spirit to the people, to the nation, to those that we come in contact in our spheres of influence, in our work, in our occupations, even in recreations. I know that there's a lot of people missing today. God bless you. May you enjoy this day. But there's something that we're called here to do. We're, we're to repeat this thing that is the gospel of good news. We're talking about going over a threshold in the kingdom. Pastor Frank, from that, from that instrument right there, gave us a word about 20, 25 minutes long that the Lord was preparing to do a fresh baptism. And we thank God that he's getting ready to do a fresh baptism. This isn't something that's taking the place of previous baptisms. He's not, 
He's not starting something new and you're not going to go through a baptism of repentance and you're not going to go through the baptism of fire, which is the Holy Spirit. This is something new that he's pouring out for this season that we're going into. So we're excited for that. You know, before military deployments, we go through a process that's called mobilization. Now, mobilization is, is it's boring, it's monotonous, it's seemingly senseless to those that are engaged in it. It's because we're doing a lot of processing. One of the words released during worship was process, process, process. But in the processing is the first stage. In the processing, you're doing a records review. You're kind of doing an inventory of who you are, what you have, where you've been, the training that you've been exposed to, the ways that we can add to the mission that we're going to be assigned on. We're also going through and we're updating some things about ourselves. We're updating our addresses. We're updating our records. We're updating our wills. We're updating our power of attorneys. We're updating um, legal battles that we might be pending in or battles that might come while we're gone. We're processing these things. Now, after that, we're going into this process of checking our military, our, our medical records. So they're, they're going through and they're saying, okay, this is the environment you're going into. In this environment, you need these vaccinations. You need these inoculations. You need these medicines. You need, you need these things to have taken place in your body before you're able to go in that environment. You're doing hearing tests to make sure that you can hear correctly, vision tests to make sure that you can see correctly. They're taking a, basically a medical baseline of where you're at at any given time. So are you fit for duty? That's basically what's happening in this process of the medical evaluation. Are you fit for duty? So we have to ask ourselves, we're in a mobilization process. Pastor Frank said that we are being prepared to prepare the way for the coming of the Lord. That's been the word consistently through this house, that we are, we are to prepare the way of the Lord, but we've been in a season of being prepared to prepare the way of the Lord. So we have to take inventory of ourselves. We have to see where we're at. We have to make sure we're in the right place so that as we cross that threshold and transition into our mission and the assignment, as we begin to prepare the way that we're fit for duty. And we are. We've been, we've been being prepared. This process, like I said, is brutally boring. It's thousands of people with a limited amount of staff that's sitting there to, to process everybody coming through. The soldiers just want to get moved on to the mission that's in, in front of them so they can go do their work and come home and be with their families. Yet here we are sitting at, at bases that we're locked down in, sitting in facilities and just waiting from station to station to station and station and station to get checked. How many of you feel like you've been in station, from station, from station, from station, waiting to be checked, waiting to be called, waiting to be assigned, waiting to be let loose for your mission? After this process, you know, these processes are important because they do a lot of weeding out for us. So what happens, you may, not everybody's medically able to, to function in a, in a combat zone or to complete a mission. So sometimes those people get shaken out. They're not able to do that mission. They might get reassigned to something else. Some people might not have the mental capacities anymore, the physical strength anymore. So they kind of get sifted out, find something that they can do, a, a step that they can take, but they're not done in their service. We're just looking for other opportunities so that we have those that are engaged, those that are trained, those are strongest to move forward. After that, we go through a process of receiving gear. We, 
this, this process also sucks. You're trying on stuff. You're, you're waiting in long lines. You're hoping that you don't get what the National Guard got left over from 1967 by the time you get through because, you know, we're called GI Joes. That's one of the things they say. GI means government issued. So they call every soldier GI Joe because they're just a Joe that's government issued. But there's government issued gear that we have to take. There's equipment that we get issued to us that we have to begin to learn and demonstrate that we can perform in those operations. Sometimes we're wearing the wrong gear. Sometimes we don't have what we need. Sometimes we're, we're not aligned properly for the mission that's been assigned to us. Sometimes we're wearing jungle camouflage in the desert or we're wearing winter gear in the desert. That doesn't work well. It doesn't allow us to move freely, to operate freely. We literally went to mobilization with, with military winter weather gear to go operate in the desert. Now we thank God that he doesn't do that to us. The military might do this, but God doesn't do that to us. The good thing about that, that process though, is we learn to begin to operate together. We learn that the equipment we have functions. You know, we go through a gas chamber. This, this isn't an exciting day for most people. We go into the gas chamber, we have a gas mask. We have the filters. If you wear that mask in, everything's sealed up. You can exercise in there, you can talk in there, and you can work in there, but that's not the goal of this operation, of this training event. The goal of this training event is that you know that your gas mask works, and you know how that you know that your gas mask works. Any guesses? You take it off in the gas chamber. So you go in there wearing your mask, and they make you break the seal, take it off, place it in this holder, and they make you take a couple breaths, <laughs> short breaths, don't go in there holding your breath and take a deep breath. But the reason they do that is because now you're gonna take that mask, you're gonna put it back on, and you're gonna check that seal, and you're gonna make sure as you blow out, you're blowing out that, that gas that you just inhaled, blowing it out the filter, now you can breathe again, now you can operate. It's called a mass confidence course. The reason we do this training is because God's trying to give us confidence in who he is and what he's going to do in our life. So I know we've gone through some struggles. I know we've went through some season that seemed to take a long time, but that's okay. God is doing something. He's creating confidence. If we allow him, he's creating a stability on which we can walk. So as we go higher in him, even if we fall, even if we stumble, we're not going to hit the ground. We might hit this level of support that he's created through these seasons that he's built our confidence. That's the purpose of the training. Plus, we get sometimes some pretty cool gear. My wife's telling me to slow down, take it easy. I'm going to try. This is a little bit more than... Uh, I go a little faster than most people sometimes, but anyway. Next is the training. And with the training, there's a lot of waiting. So it's in the military, it's hurry up and wait. Train, sit down and wait. What are you waiting for? The next opportunity to train, the next opportunity to shoot our weapons. Hurry up and wait. Train, wait. Wait, train. Eat till you're hungry, sleep, to, or yeah. Sleep till you're hungry and eat till you're tired. You know, a lot of that kind of stuff going on. That's not who we are in the kingdom, though, because in our training time, we're gaining strength. In the next time, in this waiting, it's about the personnel. It's about understanding personnel. This is where we're at. This is, I think, where we're at as we begin to cross over this threshold. Uh, this is a difficult time as well because... 
we begin to be in these close environments with people that we don't spend a lot of time with. We don't live with them. We don't, we don't work with them. We don't necessarily operate them with them except in these times of mobilization, these times of training. So we're learning the characteristics of people, the personality of people, the, the quirks of people, the movements of people, the behaviors of people, and we're learning them from the others that we're gonna be serving with. We're gonna be spending six months, a year or longer with these people in, in certain environments that aren't friendly, that are hazardous at times, that are dangerous. But we begin to recognize in that time the uniqueness of each individual, the values, the, the skills, the abilities, the knowledge they have that can be an addition to the unit instead of what might have been a subtraction in the beginning. But what God's doing is he's creating this opportunity for us to unify as one. You know, at first it's a time of awkwardness because number one, you're taken out of your home and you're placed in this place that's unfamiliar to you. You know, sometimes when we go on vacation around here, you know all the landmarks. You know how to get home without thinking about it. You don't have to consciously go on Google Maps and take me home from the church. You know how to get there. You can actually shut your brain off and you will, you will end up at your home and not know how you got there. But when you're taken to an unfamiliar environment, you don't know the landmarks. You don't know the shortcut. You don't know the alleys and the paths on, on where you need to go. And sometimes you don't have a Google map that actually functions the way. So you have to learn those things. So it's awkward because you're in this environment that you're not comfortable in, that you've, that you've not grown up in. But also you're getting to know yourself. You're getting to know how you interact with other people. You know how you interact with your, your, your mom and your dad and your wife and your children. But when you're put with a bunch of grown men and grown women that are all different, you're actually learning who you are. You're learning what your strengths, what your weaknesses are. You're getting to learn other people, what their strengths and weaknesses are. In this time, there's a lot of growing pain because there are a lot of disagreements in the way things should be done and who should be doing them. There are, you know, it's funny because in the military, like church, there's quiet people and then there's loud people. And that's okay, you need both. There's people that, that walk around a lot when they're worshiping and there's people that look like they're carved in stone and don't move at all unless they're moved. And that's okay. It's, it's just a part of who we are. There's these different qualities of people and it's okay. Like I said, they're loud people, they're quiet people. There are people that, that they're... Their main goal is to laugh. And then we had people, I love the people that like to laugh. I was a prankster. That's how we made the days go faster. And, and I believe I was made in the likeness and image of God that way. I didn't have a problem with that. It actually broke the, broke the monotony many times. But then there are people that take everything so seriously. And that's okay too, because you need those people. You need people that are, are contemplating every moment. I wasn't one of those guys. I was one of those guys running to the next moment, hoping there was a guy that was seriously taking that moment when we got there. There's all these different types of people. There are people that fix problems. My wife says that I should wear a cape that says Ralph to the rescue. I like to run and help people. But then there's people that only see problems. You need both. You need people that don't jump in, that they're actually looking at what might go wrong and they're planning for that. I'm a guy that I hope somebody's planning in case something goes wrong. That's okay, we need all those people. Remember, this is about unity. Uh, 
So as I told you, we go through these processes and sometimes what happens is even a unit that we might train with the people and we might get to know them, that unit gets shifted up a little bit at our mobilization. God talks about pruning, that he does a pruning. Those people that, those things that aren't good for us, he cuts off. So there's times when we're getting ready for deployment that people that, that are solid, steadfast people that we count on and have confidence in because of a medical situation, because of a legal situation, or because of where they are in age actually get pulled from the unit at the last moment. So we no longer have access to that person that plays a vital role. So what has to happen is they do this search throughout the area and they'll grab somebody from another unit and bring them in to go on this mission with us. As a church, now I'm talking about mobilization here on purpose because there's so many things that happen. There's, there's a unity, a coalescing that has to happen. We have to become one. We have to, we have to be okay with the quirks of others. We have to be okay that not everybody worships like we do, that not everybody responds to worship like we do, that not everybody speaks the way that we do. And that, you know, some people wanna come up here and take this mic and preach every week. I never want to have this mic. I promise you I do it because I'm asked and I'm obedient to the call. Nothing in me wants to come up and do this, but I know there's people that do. But we have to be those people that have mercy and grace for the things that are going on around us so that we can have unity. But these people come in and they fill these vacant positions. Now we're having to learn a whole process again. What's getting ready to happen? I saw it in the chapel this morning. Now, as I say this, I apologize. I wanted to welcome those of you who are online. And I say that because about a month and a half or two months ago, when we were back in chapel, I don't know, there's, there's a bunch of us that go in there. If you remember, we began to pray hard for Nancy and for Frank and some other people that watch online. Then I saw some prayer concerns come through and, and I was disappointed because we were praying for them. And then we got this report that somebody had a cancer and they weren't expected to live past Christmas. Well, we've been praying for these people. And we get this report that they're not going to live to Christmas. I think we got the report yesterday. They did the whole body scan. No cancer. No cancer. So we thank you. Those that watch online, you are a part of us. You are a part of the corporate body. It's important that you activate with us, that you enter into this environment. Saying that, sometimes, sometimes it gets worse before it gets better. The news is worse before it gets better. So if you're going through a season where it seems like some bad news is coming in, just be ready for the good news that's coming. They'll probably hide it on the sixth or seventh page of the newspaper, but it's in there. There's going to be some retractions happening. You know, they always wait for the retractions. They post all this stuff online that's not true. And then about six weeks later on the last page, there's a little paragraph that says, we're going to correct that little issue. God's going to do some correction in our time. He's going to restore some things. You know why? Because we're Goshen people. So if some things are happening to us, those aren't supposed to be happening to us. We are the people of Goshen. We are the people set aside. We don't have to act, do the, the blood on the threshold because Jesus is our Passover lamb. So when the enemy tries to come into those areas and take things, they don't belong to him. He's required to restore them. And that's what's going to begin to happen. I'm sorry, I'm way off message. So... There's a diversity of gifts we find when we're training together, when we're living together, when we're serving together, when we're eating together, when we're showering together, when we're working together, when we're spending all this time together away from our family, away from our comforts, away from the things that make us comfortable. We learn about each other. 
we learn about each other. But it's diversity. It's diversity of colors, of cultures, of classes, of, of intelligences. You know, there's, there's different levels of intelligences. There's people that, that can do, that can play music. That's a level of intelligence. There's a people that can study and memorize. That's a level of intelligence. There's people that can draw and paint. And then there's people, we hear it all the time, they're book smart or they're street smart. Hopefully they have a little bit of both because having one's bad. If that's all you got and having the other can be bad if that's all you have. But there's the diversity of gifts that come alive in these situations. And as we become larger than ourselves, so what we learn is we have to shed our egos, we have to shed our agendas, we have to shed our own ideas and the ways we think things have to go. We have to shed them because there's a mission that's greater than what I personally want for myself. And that's who we are as the kingdom, that's who we are as the church. As we begin to unify, we gotta lay down the things that we think it has to go this way. His ways are higher than our ways anyway. We can have a plan, it's important to have a plan, it's important to write down all your notes and be ready, but you better be ready to get out of the way and let him work. As new people come into the church, they may act a little different. New people are coming. I'm telling you, I sat in that chapel this morning and I saw people beginning to walk to touch heaven. I saw the Lord begin to draw people and call people to touch heaven. I don't know where all they're going to come from, but they're coming from other churches. They're coming from other places. But they had their bags packed. They had something in their hand and they were walking and I could see them walking to touch heaven church because... The harvest is plenty and the labors are few. They're hungry. They're thirsty for the anointing. They're hungry to experience the Holy Spirit and feel his presence. We have that every day. We take it for granted. Even, even somebody said this morning that they felt it as soon as they walked in. We become accustomed to that. We become habituated to that. So insensitive to that because we've been around it so long that we take it for granted. I repent. I take Pastor Frank for granted. I, I take the apostle of this house for granted. He's become familiar to me. Shame on me. He has an anointing. He has an anointing that he carries. He has a closeness to God that he report, he repeats to us. We thank God for that. So in those ways, we begin to shed our, in the military sense, we begin to shed our egos and our desires and, and all that good stuff our personal preferences on the way things should be, all for the sake of the mission, but it's because of unity. We realize that we have to, we have to find some way to work together to accomplish the bigger picture. You know, I, I read through Gen, uh, Genesis last night. I told my wife, I forgot there was 50 chapters. <laughs> my God, I kept, I'd fall asleep and wake up and I'm on chapter 18 and fall asleep and wake up, I'm on 30. I'm like, my God, there's a lot of chapters in here. Lord, help me. And the stories, I mean, it's incredible, but these weren't perfect people. These weren't perfect people. These were people like you and me that were being transitioned from place to place. They were being mobilized so many times because after mobilization is the mission. The mobilization's getting you to the threshold. The mission is crossing over. It's, it's taking not just one step. You know, you don't, you don't get there by taking one step. One step, you're in this awkward position. Yeah, maybe you're in a fighting position. You got a little bit of balance, but until you take that second step and stand over the threshold, stand to do the crossover, you're not fully in yet. Because here, right here, I can quickly back up. Right here, I can quickly step forward and make it a full entry. But this isn't the place, this is the place we've been. You know, what's funny is 
I see Jesus that way because he said he, even he didn't know the time and the hour of his coming. And I often think, man, Jesus doesn't even know when he's coming. The Father knows. But there's times in our lives when things going on with our family, with, with the world around us, that I just see Jesus sitting on his throne and he's got one foot forward and one foot back. He's holding himself back like he's looking over God like, is it time? Is it time? Because as soon as God says go, that's why he's coming in a twinkle of an eye because he's ready. He's ready to cross over. He's ready to come back. He's ready to receive his bride. But are we ready? We have to be ready to be received. And that's what we're doing here. Unity is number one. So we've been talking about thresholds and, and Apostle Frank has been steadfast in his, in his sermons and his teaching to prepare us for mobilization. So you might say, how do you do that? So I look at the, the foundations of the house, those foundation scriptures that Pastor Frank always uses. And the first one being Genesis 126. I don't know. He got it. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. He's given us authority and dominion. The second verse that he always talks about is 2 Corinthians 5.21. We did a big series on this. 2 Corinthians 5.21. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. The next verse, John 17.21 through 22. That we may be one, as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that your word may believe, uh, that the world may believe that you sent me, that they may be one just as we are one. These are foundational scriptures that Pastor Frank uses, and you, and you look back and you go, why do we hear these over and over again? Why is he always repeating this? I've heard this scripture. Come on, let's do something new. So why is he doing it? He's always reminding us we're made in the likenesses image of God. He wants us to know that despite what's going on, despite what the world has done, despite what, what places we have fallen, we have failed, we are made in the likenesses the image of God. That we're the righteousness of God, meaning we're in right standing with God. He sees us as we're already done, as we're finished, not as we're struggling and weak and wondering, he sees the finished product already. We're in right standing with God. We're made in his likeness and image, but we're in right standing with him right now. As, as we repent from the things and turn from the things that try to keep us away from him, we're in right standing with him immediately. I don't know about you, but I like to give myself timeouts from God. The things that I've done, Lord, I'm so sorry. Sometimes it takes me a week to say I'm sorry because I don't want to even draw near to his presence because even that little infraction hurts so much that I feel like I, I'm due to be punished by him. I'm due to be penalized. But that's not who he is. I need people in the men's group like Claude and Doug that are saying, wait a minute, wait, we're the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. If we repent, we're in right standing with God. We're in the presence of God even as we speak, as we sit. And as we see in this verse, that they may be one just as we are one. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be, that they may be one just as we are one. The glory that he gave Jesus. Jesus prayed that the Father would give that to us. So we're made in his image. 
we're in right standing and we have the glory of the Father in us. We've been sealed by the Holy Spirit. Isn't it crazy that as Jesus is resurrected, that power was so strong, even if Pastor Frank shared one time, that power was so strong that even people that were dead a long time popped up out of the grave because they were in proximity to Jesus. There's, that's the glory. That's, that's what we have to begin to carry and walk in and work in and operate in so that the people that are dead out there, that are people, they're literally walking zombies in the world. They're literally so confused. Their, their brain has been so corrupted that they need us to step in. And he's given us the glory to do it. He teaches us that we're not beggars. Pastor Frank teaches we're not beggars. You know, and I defend Pastor Frank a lot out there in the community. And one of the things is the pleading of the blood of Christ. You know, the Bible doesn't say to plead the blood. The blood's already been pled by Christ. He shed his blood. The blood is on the mercy seat. We have no need to go to the mercy seat and try to take the blood and reapply it because we're seated in heavenly places with him already. So we proclaim and declare. He, he says, we're not beggars, we're not borrowers. Lord, if you just let me have this for a little while, we're not borrowers. We're heirs and joint heirs with Christ Jesus. We're not vagabonds, we're no longer wanderers going to and fro, we're not homeless people. We know we have a kingdom. We know that Jesus went to prepare a place for us. We know we have standing. We're kings and priests. Now this portion, I think, has a lot more to do with those spiritual garments that we put on. The things that we take off, the, the, the fetters of the world, the, the, the bonds of the world, the, the chains of the world that try to hold us down as we break, three, break, through, break free from those things. We put on the garment of praise. We put on our, our priestly robe, our kingly garments. Again, when we mobilize, we get our new uniforms. We've been given our new uniforms already. He reminds us all the time that we're worshipers, warriors, and watchmen. That's who we are. Not beggars, not borrowers, not vagabonds. Warriors, worshipers, and watchmen. You know, C.S. Lewis said about worship, we're not, we're, we were not made primarily that we may love God. We were not made primarily that we would love God. What do we would allow God to love us? That's what worship is. Surrendering it right here, as Pastor Patty said, it's, it's, it's surrendering. It's burning off that old training, that old knowing, that old learning and allowing Him to love us. As you are. <laughs> not perfect. Not I'm gonna get everything fixed at my house first. I gotta go take a shower. I gotta get cleaned up. I gotta get everything right. I gotta pay back every debt I owe. Then I can come to Christ. Just as you are. While you're yet sinners, why you were yet sinners, why I was yet a sinner, he came. The resurrection power came in the midst of my sin and said, if you repent, you become the righteousness of me in Christ Jesus.
I want to remind you that warriors aren't in battle 100% of the time. I know we think that, like we think soldiers are over in combat all day long, you know, all week long, all month long, all year long. That's not the case. Warriors aren't in combat 100% of the time. Most of the time, there's a lot of waiting, but there's a lot of studying. There's a lot of learning. There's a lot of rehearsing. There's a lot of training and practicing. I know a lot of us have been in battles for a long time. Some of us are battling things that, that don't deserve to be battling us. They've, they've amplified their voice a little louder and rose it up against us, but they have no place even being around us. So we can, we can do away with those battles. We're not in battle all the time. We don't need to be in battle all the time, but we need to be training and preparing all the time. Watchmen recognize the movements around them. You know, we have, we have the watch. We, Pastor Frank passed out. Joe will give it to you if you don't have it. The, the watches that we have as watchmen. But we're a people that we know the layout of the landscape. We know when things aren't right. We know when there's things going on around us that aren't supposed to be going on. And the closer to get with God, the more sensitive we become to that become to those things that are in place that aren't supposed to be there and then we have a requirement to report those things to intercede on behalf of those things we take action we have been being prepared to prepare the way for the coming of the Lord through the lives of Abraham Isaac and Jacob we see them being mobilized they were moved all the time I don't know if you realize it I've heard the scriptures before, but sometimes, you know, you don't hear it until you, you hear it that time or you hear it the next time. You don't get what you need until you go in again. But these guys, they were, they were given, they were promised this land that they would dwell in. But they didn't just walk into that land. They, they went through all these tests and all these trials, all these tribulations along the way. We've been that way too. Some of them of our own accord. Some of them of the consequences because of what we've done. You know, we've had to walk out consequences because of decisions we've made. But here we are. Here we are in the presence of God. In the presence of one who wants to give us everything. Here we are. They weren't allowed to settle for a long time. <laughs> Abraham never really got to settle. They lived in tents, remember. They, they carried around their tents, set up tents. And they'd try to settle there as long as they could, but somehow trouble would find them and they would have to move on. There'd be a different threshold that they would have to cross, a different place they would have to go. We have that same thing in scripture. And if you can pull up John 15 and 16 for me. This is Jesus. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world. He's, he's, he's telling God, Lord, don't take them out of the world but that you should keep them from the evil one. Leave them where they're at. <laughs> Leave them where they're at. Go back. Leave them where they're at. Keep them from the evil one. That doesn't mean that the evil one's not out there, that he's not doing a work, that he's not trying to accomplish something. He's out there, but he's trying to keep us from them. Next verse. They are not of the world, just as I'm not of the world. I get caught up in, in building my own kingdom. I don't know if you guys do the same thing. You know, we go in debt to build our own kingdoms. We, we borrow money to build our own kingdoms. We spend a lot of time and energy at working occupations to build our own kingdom. 
to build our own world, but we're not of this world. We're, we're transitioning it all the time. We have to be willing and ready and knowing that we're gonna cross a threshold. We might have to give some things up. There's a mission. There's a mission in the world and God's getting ready to move us into it. In Genesis, in Genesis Jacob's name is changed to Israel as he transitions to move his family and belongings to Bethel. He changed his name. Changed his name. What does your name represent? You know, our name represents who we are legally, Claude. Legally, we're, we're known by our name, by our past, by our history, by our family lineage, by the things that have been done through us and to us and around us. But God changed Jacob's name to Israel. And Israel wasn't perfect. Jacob wasn't perfect. But he's the God of Jacob, right? Am I not the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Yes, you are. But he's also the God of Israel. Well, wait, 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 wait. You mean you're the God of Jacob and the God of Israel? Isn't Israel the better? Isn't, isn't, he's no longer the deceiver. Like he's, he's in right standing with you now. So aren't you the God of the one that's in right standing? I am, but I'm also the God of Jacob. You know, I'm, I'm the God of Ralph, but I'm also the God of Pastor Ralph. But I'm not always Pastor Ralph. Ask my wife, ask my kids. Sometimes I'm Ralph. My family knows me as Buddy. Sometimes I'm Buddy. That's not good, but he's the God of that. He's the God of Bill. He's the God of Jeff. Not just the righteous form of, not just when you're perfect. He's your God right now. He's our God. I'm a way off subject. Changed his name to Israel and transitioned to move his family and belongings to Bethel. Bethel, the house of God, place where God shows up. He tells all his people to bury their idols. Change their clothes and purify themselves. Wow. I mean, I, I can't help but see mobilization. You know, I couldn't help it. Last night, Rob, I was, as I was praying and going through my scriptures, I saw you changing clothes. Not like peeking through your window, ooh, look at Rob. No, just changing our garments, getting promoted, taking the place that God has for us next. I saw that in the spirit. But they had to bury their idols. What are our idols? We have weapons at our house. My wife, they're hers. They're her fault. I'm, I'm good without them. But she wants more and more because she likes them because she likes to do that stuff. And that's fine. I have no problem with that. But those weapons don't go to battle with us. Do you hear me? Those battles don't go. Those weapons don't go to battle with us. You don't get to take your own weapons to battle. Not by power, not by might, declares the Lord, but by my spirit. Those are your weapons. Those are your weapons. Those are your weapons. Get proficient in those weapons. We want to take our own gear. I'm going to take my own gear. No, your gear is not going to suit you well here. Number one, we have to be uniformed. We need to be able to, to know where everything's placed and, and how it operates. So if you go down, somebody else can pick up where you'd left off. 
bury your idols, bury your agendas, bury your personal desires, bury your preferences. Find a tree out back and bury them. Throw them in the ground because they don't lead to unity. Bury them. Throw them in the ground. We can't cross over as Touch Heaven Church if we're all carrying everything from the past. you got to let it go. Let your wants go. What He wants for us is better than what we want for ourselves. What He's going to give us is better than what we can acquire in ourselves. His ways are better. We think we know what He wants, but what He wants is, is so much higher. Let, let go of those things. And I just, I'm not just saying this to you. I'm saying this to me. I was talking to Doug through text. I'm on a personal revival. I declared it. I'm in a personal revival. Not revival in this generic sense that we say now, nowadays that there's going to be a million soul harvest. I pray there is. But we need personal revivals that lead to unity, that, that facilitate and excel and amplify the bride of Christ. That's what we're trying to do. That's what our mission is as we go forward. Uh, bury your idols change your clothes <laughs> I might as well <laughs> so this morning I went to get dressed and put on a pair of underwear and there was no there was no backside left in the underwear I, sorry sorry for the image Doug <laughs> I'm like wait a minute these, these aren't going to work uh, I, I like to wear things out I like to wear them until they can't wear them anymore. Jimmy always tells me I got underwear older than you. My guess is he's wearing them right now if you check them. But, but here's the thing. We have to let go of some of those old garments. We got to be willing to transition. We're comfortable in this skin. We're comfortable with the things we know that we're used to. The things that come easy to us. We're pretty comfortable with those things. We can operate, we can move, we can, we can function, we're okay. It's not okay to be okay anymore. Because okay takes you right here. It gets you there. You know what, you don't come to church for you. Don't come to church hoping that worship gives something to you. Come to church hoping that worship allows you to receive something from God that you can spread out through the people that need what you have. That's what you're in church for. But we got to let some stuff go. I don't want to be up here. I don't like this. I promise you, I'm not lying. I don't like to take the offering. But if God says do it, I'm going to do it because I've received that mission from Him. And He's put something in me. He's got a whole lot of experiences I went through. You know, we, we could, we're not going to do that, but we could probably check mark some things that, that would disqualify me right now. People would come and pull me off and drag me behind a car going up the road. It's not going to happen because Sonny won't let it but it could happen. We gotta let some things go. We gotta change our garments. He made them take off their decorations, the, the nose rings they were wearing. He made them bury their idols. He made them change their clothes because they're going to Bethel. They're going to the place where Jacob met God one time. That's where we're going. That's where we're going. But then he made them purify themselves. I'm not gonna get to the second half of my message. Uh, I don't care. Maybe we'll do it another time. Uh, made them purify themselves. I got a lot of purification that needs done in me right now. I got a lot of ways that I've been doing things that aren't allowing to me to walk my post in a godly manner, being always in the 
on the alert and observing everything that takes place when sight or hearing. Because to be honest, I got a lot of things that are drawing my attention this way, pulling my attention that way, taking me away from my Bible. I told my wife I read Genesis and Ephesians last night. That's probably more, honestly, I listen to sermons all the time, don't get me wrong. But that's probably more reading I've done than in the last year combined. I'm not bragging about that. I listen to a lot of messages, but last night I read more than I've read in a whole year because I've been too distracted. I've been too, too much a part of the world. I need to purify myself. I need to set myself apart. Ephesians 4, 1 through 6. We're going to go through them quickly, please. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. Keep going. With all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. It's about unity, it's about love, it's about putting up with, putting up with people that aren't like you, but are desiring to know God the way you're desiring to know him. It's about putting up with some things that aren't comfortable, that seem awkward. It's about putting down your preferences so that the body elevates, letting go of the things we need so that we can all rise together and take others with us. We didn't have a lot of money growing up. We didn't get to go to a lot of places. The only way I got to go to places, I love my mom. She's not here today. I'm not sure where she's at, but we didn't just didn't have the money to do a lot of things. But what would happen is neighbors or somebody else would say, hey, we're going to this lake park. We're going to go do this thing. Can I take your kids with us? I got to go because of others, because others put down their preferences and their comfort, and they made room for me and my sister. Because of that, we got to go do things that otherwise we never would have been able to experience. Are we willing to lay down some comfort, some preferences, to bring others with us, to invite people into this presence, into this atmosphere? Don't get familiar with it. It's not something to be familiar with. Back to 4.1 again, please. Ephesians 4.1, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. Now if we can go to 2 Timothy 1, 8 and 9. We're going to end here. I got probably three quarters of the message left. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner. But share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Leave that for a minute. Who has saved us. We didn't save ourselves. <laughs> Sorry, Vanessa, you didn't save yourself. Brandon didn't save you. He saved us and called us oh with a holy calling wait a minute i don't always feel like i have a calling 
I always feel like I'm wandering around, not quite sure what my calling is. You've been uniquely called as you represent Christ in the likeness and image of the Father. There's a calling in you. There's a calling in the people that we may not like that come into the church and they do things that are they're, that make us uncomfortable. But God placed a calling in them to call out to somebody, to reach out to somebody, to draw somebody into the kingdom. So we gotta put up with one another. He saved us and called us with a holy calling. Your calling's for you, Rob. It's for, it's for nobody else. What, a past, what Apostle Frank does, nobody else can do that. I'm convinced that if you've been here long enough and you heard about Russia, you heard about Israel, you heard about Egypt, you heard about Kenya, I'm convinced without the Holy Spirit, only the Holy Spirit through Pastor Frank could accomplish those things. Sandy, there's things that can't be accomplished unless you do it because you've been uniquely called. Holy calling. Holy means sanctified. Holy means set apart. Nobody else can do what you do, Art, Marley. Nobody else can do that. But according to his own purpose. Oh, wait a minute. I skipped something there. I don't mind doing it if it's according to my works. Because I know what I can do. I know what this body's capable of. Not as much as it used to be. But I know what it's capable of. So I don't mind if it's according to my works. What I know I can do. Okay, I know I can do that. That's not a problem. Wait a minute. You want me to do that? That's beyond me. Ooh. Oh. I'm going to be honest with you. I get fear comes in. Ralph, don't do it. Don't do it. I get insecurity that comes in. Come on. You've tried some stuff like that in the past, and it didn't go so well for you. I have doubt that comes in. This is, is God really going to show up and help you? Is the Holy Spirit want you to do this? Is he going to be there? Does he really commission with you? Those things come in to me. But he says it's not according to my works, but according to his purpose and grace. That means I have to really let go of what I'm able to do in myself and trust his purpose and the grace that he's given us to do it. That's what today's about. We're getting ready to cross over. I know Pastor Frank has a lot more about the threshold. I didn't even get into the second part, but I'm sure we will.